Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word "Do Good Better" at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk about topics that affect small and medium-sized nonprofits. And I am really excited about today's guest because, as you all know, I am a fan of frameworks wrote a book about a framework, but I just don't know how to do fundraising. And sometimes there's uh, there's leadership qualities that you need to have in framework form. And that's why I have our guest on today. Uh, Derek Timmerman, he is the founder and creator of the Nonprofit Leadership Academy. He has uh, some very wonderful insights for you. And by the way, uh, we're super best friends because he is a uh, Final Fantasy role-playing video game nerd. And so I have bonded immediately with him, and I think I'm going to enjoy the show just as much as you guys are uh, audibly. Uh, uh, Derek, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Patrick, thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you. I'm uh, super excited about today. Um, this is a topic where I think a lot of people towards the end of the year are, are looking back on themselves and like, how do I develop myself as a nonprofit leader? Uh, are there things I can do in the in the first part of 2021 or the first part of this quarter that I can really sort of revamp how I lead, um, how I model my sort of uh, day-to-day activities after? And uh, uh, what you have produced is something radically uh, different than what I've seen in any sort of training whatsoever, and we will get to that. But before, <laughs> as people are looking through their iTunes and they're looking through YouTube and they're looking through Facebook and they find this as a topic of conversation, there's like, oh, Derek Timmerman, this sounds very much interesting. They're kind of tell you who you are, what you do, kind of 5,000 foot view before we dive into this topic. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be with you. And um, I'm, I'm really glad for the opportunity. So yeah, my background, I, I have a little bit of a, a strange kind of Forrest Gump-like background that's brought me to the present time. So, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, so I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and uh, in graduating from high school, um, decided to try to go, go big for it with my college experience. So I tried to get into West Point. So um, ended up going to the United States Military Academy from 1998 to 2002. Um, your your listeners may be doing the math on those those years. And yeah, September 11th was my senior year at West Point. So that ended up um, really changing the outlook of what the next five years would be like. Um, joined as a military intelligence officer and uh, served two tours in Iraq. And you know, that's where I really learned a ton about analytics and yeah, using data to truly, really try to figure out the best way forward um, as a unit. Um, and eventually I'd use that in a business context. And that's where I went next. I went straight from uh, the military to, uh, to a consulting firm called McKinsey and Company. And if your listeners aren't familiar with McKinsey, it's, it's kind of like the, one of the, the big 
strategic management consultancies that uh, sends in teams of three, four, five people for a few months into Fortune 500 companies and really tries to revamp the whole thing. Um, and this is this is a project that usually would be for the, the CFO, the CEO, to do something big in a company. And it's it's there that I learned a lot of the incredible performance transformation things that are successful in a, in a business context. Um, and after that, went into being an entrepreneur after six years at McKinsey, uh, founded some startups. Those are still going. Um, and uh, I've been blessed to see those flourish. Uh, so I, I came kind of to this moment a few years ago when I thought, you know, what is that legacy thing that I just, I just want to leave behind for, for my kids, for other people, um, and, and really for my, my fellow leaders in the nonprofit world, because I've always had a heart for causes that change the world. And uh, the, the thing that I landed on was taking all this experience from the military, McKinsey, business, startups, and packaging it into something that could help nonprofit leaders really take that great heart that they have for wonderful impact, but put some, put some real teeth to it in a way that lets them have the impact that their, their, uh, their cause and their, their aspiration deserves. So that's what the Nonprofit Leader Academy really is. I think it's really uh, fantastic. And I, I'm going to love this conversation because I think you, I think the audience is going to love this sort of framework on uh, a three-step process. Usually we talk about five steps, but uh, so this is totally different and great because it's three. Um, but one of the things that we talk about with either clients or, or, or individuals in the show is uh, the idea of different perspectives. When you have your nonprofit hat on and you are in fundraising mode or you're in marketing mode, you have horse blinders. And so you really think that there's only one way to do things. If this is the way that our board has set us up, or this is the way I was taught, or this is the way I think it was, or I read a book about it, whatever. Having different perspectives, especially from like a management and analytics and a military background, is going to have your brain think differently about how you are managing yourself and your team and your organization. And it's combined with everything else you have in life lessons. I think this is such a great way uh, to bring in some, another voice, another perspective, another way of doing things so that you can combine it with things that you already know to be a better leader going forward. I really, really, really do appreciate the time. So let's talk about these frameworks. Um, at the Nonprofit Leadership Academy, it's an online uh, course where you can kind of go through at your own pace or at a structured pace, right? With, with different times and things to do all of your coursework. But if, um, if we're just kind of teasing this out and we were talking about coffee, you're gonna talk about these kind of things anyway, what are the three phases or three uh, steps in this framework as you're developing this new sort of leadership mindset at the Nonprofit Leadership Academy? Sure, yeah, well, so the, the objective of the whole course is to equip nonprofit leaders to maximize the world-changing impact of their organizations. So how do we do that? How do we equip nonprofit leaders to maximize their impact? Mm -hmm. um, the, the three uh, kind of things that come together to make that possible, and I guess you could call them steps, but really the way we de depict the framework is kind of as three circles that overlap. And in the middle, you've got this um, world-changing organization if you can manage to, to get all three. And the, the three circles are really, number one, the impact mindsets and skills, number two, impact processes, and number three, impact measurements. 
mindsets, processes, and measurements. And I can go a little bit deeper into what each of those three means. But but really, when, whenever I walk into a nonprofit situation in a coaching context and look for what's going right, what's going wrong, usually I can pinpoint uh, that there there is one or two that are a strength for the organization and one or two that are holding the organization back. So if, if as a nonprofit, you can get all three lined up, uh, you're really in a great place to be to be a winning, impactful organization. Yeah, that, I mean, that's so great. I think everybody can kind of relate to their strengths and weaknesses within, um, am I, am I, do I have my right brain on? Am I really, is my perspective great from a mindset standpoint? Do I have a process in place? A lot of nonprofits don't, or if they do, they're archaic or fumbled together on a bunch of different spreadsheets. And then really the measurements, the analytics piece, which I don't think nonprofits use because they think they think it's complicated uh, or they don't know what those measurements should be. And they're kind of wasting their time measuring things that really have no impact in general. And then they're getting frustrated because either they're hitting them and their numbers aren't right or whatever. So I'd love to take a little bit of a dive into each one of these because I think it's so important, uh, even from a, you know, sort of a podcast perspective, how do we you know, reshape our mindset? What are we looking for for some positive things? Um, what are some of the processes you found as best practices that people can use? And then really what are some of the measurements that you've seen out of the gate uh, that are successful regardless of your size or scope or scale, which I think is uh, ultimately regardless if you're a small nonprofit or a large nonprofit, these are some of the basics of the basics. So let's start with mindset. Why from your perspective is mindset and really what from the military have you seen that it's really important? How do you connect those things? Why is, are the mindsets of a nonprofit leader so important and critical? Yeah. You know, it's funny. And, and this is, going to be a little bit of a rant, I think, on the, the nonprofit coaching world, too. Let's do it. Yes. In, in, in a way. Yes. Let's rage but, against machine. Yes, please. Let's rage okay. against Okay. All right. All right. So rant begins here. Yeah. I, Patrick, I honestly look across the nonprofit coaching landscape, leadership landscape, and it's it's all jumping straight to fundraising. It's all jumping straight to the outcome. And believe me, when you get to impact measurements, you'll see I am 100% on board with output metrics. I mean, that's where we need to be measuring. But in a course-like environment to start there Mm -hmm. and say, this is how you fundraise. This is how you make sure your nonprofit isn't broke. Um, That's the wrong way to go. You've you've got to start from the very beginning, the roots of the tree. And if you want to grow your tree as, as tall as you possibly can, those roots have to go super deep. And that's, that's mindsets. It really is. And, and I, I see a lot of nonprofits come at their work with a fear-based mindset. And what we try to do in this first module is, is really transition that from a fear-based mindset where you're kind of chasing every dollar wherever it is. You're trying to be everything to everyone. You're trying to, to do it all. No, it's, it's, it's focusing on what specifically your value is that you're going to bring as a nonprofit, what the specific problem is you're trying to solve. And we walk, we walk the students through a number of questions that help them do that. It's storytelling. It's, uh, you know, getting to the root of your story, which I think is super important. But another thing that I think is really interesting is that, um, that, that sort of leap to how you're going to fundraise a million dollars avoids the, the real question, which is, what's the purpose and that it's a recognizing that it's a long game. That's what I think is really interesting is that you, you can't, 
get from point A to point B without a long, you know, sort of purposeful march towards that goal. Absolutely. And if you don't understand that that is a, a, a long process, you're setting yourself up for absolute failure. And then you get frustrated because you're like, well, I was so positive about all these things, but then you didn't have any of this, like understanding this is not going to happen right away. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and honestly, it's, it's, it really comes down to four questions, Patrick, that we take people through. And, and when it comes to mindsets, it, that first one is so important. Why do we exist? Why do we exist? The organization's ultimate guiding statement of purpose. Um, and you notice I'm avoiding these, these buzzwords like mission and vision. These, I mean, because they're so overused. They really are. I mean, you've got to put some content to them. I, I'm not opposed to the words, but mission, why do we exist? Mm-hmm. The second one is, is what is winning? You need to define as an organization, what is that win that's a year, two years, three years, five years away? What is winning? And that's, that's the, the vision. That's, that's that part that says, this is the organization's desired product outcome or deliverable. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of people stop. You have to keep going and ask, who are we when we're winning? And that's your values. That's the organization's core characteristics that it commits to uphold at all costs. Who are we when we're winning? And finally, the fourth question is, how do we win? Strategy. That's your plan of action for achieving those desired outcomes. So the, the, these are the, the ways you kind of start to get into what mindsets you need as an organization. Why do we exist? What is winning? Who are we when we're winning and how do we win? It's funny because we talk a lot about in um, it, to sort of frame out these conversations. Sometimes we ask, if you cease to exist, hmm. what happens? Hmm. Right. So we're almost role playing down the road. Like if your organization shuts down tomorrow, what's the impact in your community? Well, if you if you are forced to be in this, like, uh, you know, if you're losing, do you change what it's like or do you change your path based on if you're not winning? And does that change your value? And are you abandoning some of those root causes? I mean, it's just so, because uh, again, this is where that perspective comes in. This is such a unique way of addressing some of these things. And if you don't answer any of these things, you can't build a process, which by the way, is the next step. Like you can't, you can't because you have no end goal. And, uh, and fundraising is always an interesting thing that there, there seems to be no end, right? There's always another donor to get. There's always another sponsorship to get. There's always another thing here and there. What's I think really important is that you know that long path has an end game to it, and that is what's your outcome at the end of the day. I think I love that. I love those questions you posed at the beginning of this first phase, which is just so interesting and unique. And coming at it from a different angle will allow you to think differently, which thinks creatively, which then puts you into this. Okay, maybe we have been doing things right here, but maybe not wrong in this uh, or not right in this way. Yeah. And once you're, once you're clear on that, Patrick, what it helps you do is really get underneath why you have some of the mindsets that you have that may be holding you back from that mission of why you exist, or that maybe may be holding you back from that definition of winning. Um, yeah. uh, there's a, there's kind of a, a an exercise that we take people through that, you know, lets them look at their behavior and go underneath the surface to see what is the root mindset that's keeping them from, from doing that thing. So one, one might be, I don't make time for, for networking, let's say. So we, we all know that networking is important for fundraising. I don't make time for networking. Well, it, that may be because of just under the surface, 
you have these thoughts and feelings that you care about people, but you don't feel like networking is as high a priority as operations, financial issues, other things that you could be doing. Okay, so what's what's underneath that? Well, you may, you may say that networking doesn't help me or others get ahead. And, 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 and underneath that even is, you know, no one, none of my mentors ever took time to show me networking or the value of it. So there's this, this underlying thing that you've gone all the way down and found out what is that need that hasn't been met at the root cause of why you don't have this mindset to be a networker, to fundraise. If you didn't do that inner work, you're off trying to implement something for fundraising that you haven't first established the mindsets to be ready for. Ah, just, it's so good. It's such good information. Now that alone, if you had zero steps after that, I think a lot of people would call for, uh, that sounds a little woo woo for me. That sounds a little bit like a self-help book that I don't need because there's nothing that allows me to have a step-by-step action plan to go along with how do I get from mindset to action, which is why I like your second step, which is a process. Um, Walk us through that because I think that takes it from, yep, this sounds great, Derek. Great. I'm glad I have my mindset right. Now what the hell do I do, right? So to walk us through kind of what the process is, because that I think is so important in this, well, this, this framework uh, is to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm 100% there with you, uh, honestly, because, you know, I, this is where kind of my heart for this, this whole course comes in is, is there's lots of well-intended self-helpy type advice out there for nonprofits, but it, it doesn't really get into the meat of, you know, why great startups flourish and why why big companies go from good to great and uh, and that's what the second two parts of this are processes and measurements um, and as we get into processes really it's important to know kind of the state of play of what's going on in lots of nonprofits right now uh, the current state before you go into the future state and the current state in a lot of nonprofits I call it either flailing or free soloing <laughs> so so nonprofits are, are doing one of these two things, right? They're flailing. They're operating in a reactive way as it, to needs as they present, present themselves. And I think you've maybe, I'm sure not you, but maybe others have, have started your day and you're just reacting all the way through, you know, with, with what comes. And you look back and days or weeks or months have gone by and you've just, yeah, you've just been flailing. Uh, the other is free soloing. And that's building systems in a vacuum apart from other entities with similar or complementary missions. So lots of nonprofits, even if they manage to avoid this flailing ditch, they go onto the other side and they create this all singing, all dancing answer in a vacuum apart from what other nonprofits have done to be successful and what their, their, their brothers and sisters in the space are doing to, to cooperate and collaborate with them. So what do we do to to avoid flailing and free soloing. Well, it's creating systems. And a system is simply an an organized, consistent method for getting the same result every time, no matter who's using the system. I can say that again. It's it's just an organized, consistent method for getting the same result every time, no matter who is using the system. So what I what I rely on to, to teach this is, is something that's really well known in the for-profit world, not so much in nonprofit world. It's called lean. Have you ever heard of lean, Patrick? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So lean, lean is 
is, is, is really a way of establishing a continuous improvement culture within any organization. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's basically putting in processes that make sure that you start with something and you get a little bit better every day. Mm-hmm. What lean is big on is, and there's too much to talk about here, but it really it's reducing waste. Mm-hmm. So you're defining value from the, the perspective of the end customer. So if it's a, if it's a homeless shelter, it's that resident that's staying in your homeless shelter. If it's, if it's a, um, a child care center, an after, after school care center, it's yes, the child, but really the parents, it's what the parent values in dropping that kid off. So any nonprofit has that customer. And if you're dividing value from their perspective and working it back, you can then look at everything you do and, and assess what is the waste in this that we need to get rid of so that we can focus everything we do, all of our systems, on what brings value to that end customer. If this sounds familiar to the to the listeners is because we talk about this all the time in the fundraising world, which is it's not about your need to have, it's about the donor's need to give. This is the framework in a leadership role that you're looking at the end game. I think a lot of people in the nonprofit world, especially small and medium-sized nonprofits, uh, think of, uh, or they hear the word process and they think immediately how it's complicated. They can't enact it. Um, we talk all the time. It's 20 minutes a day. It's 40 minutes a day. It's two hours a day. It does not have to be this like all encompassing. It's all you think about because if that's all you think about, then you're reacting, which is the problem that you're doing with the flailing, right? So, so talk, talk us off of a cliff when we just listen to this and it sounds really good on paper, Derek, but it sounds complicated to do because I don't have seven team members in order to build a process. Mm. Yeah. Now, now we, we in the course use the example of a lemonade stand to really make it absolutely yes. crystal clear. And, and you think about the system of delivering the lemonade and, and, and just that simple. And, and even Every nonprofit, even one that small as a lemonade stand, can develop a system that reduces waste. Uh, you, you start with what you're already doing, obviously. That's the current state. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, the guy pulls up. He gets out of his car. He walks over. He um, he, he looks at the, the sign or he asks you what – and all the way through this, there's waste. You ask, does him getting out of the car offer him any value? No, it doesn't. So we're getting to the same place all these fast food restaurants got to decades ago with, can I bring the lemonade right to his window? That's actually just getting rid of a waste from the process, giving him exactly the value he needs and creating a system that does that. You take that across the whole process, everything you do as a nonprofit. And I think a lot of nonprofit leaders would be super surprised at what they can eliminate, what they can remove if they ask it from that question, if we're just about delivering value and get it rid of anything else, what would our system look like? And, and that's, a, that's a really fun exercise and one that any size nonprofit can do. It's, uh, it's adding by subtracting if it, yeah. it is, is another thing, right? So what sort of added value are you giving to your donors by eliminating steps in between them trying to understand your mission to give you money, for example, from a fundraising standpoint, and the same thing from a process? Uh, it's so that's such a clear example. I so thank you for that because I think we get into our own heads about what a process is and then, and then we, we overcomplicate it and then we throw our hands up and say, well, screw it. I just don't, this is going to take too much time and too much work. 
rather than getting into your own head, your mindsets, by the way, step one, which is this is going to simplify and, uh, and sort of bring value to everybody who's a part of our organization rather than overcomplicating my life by adding things to my life, right? 100%, 100%. And honestly, it's, it's, it's really one of the refreshing things about Lean that Toyota started, by the way. This was all, if you wonder why in the 1980s, the, the Japanese car companies just went crazy, it's because decades before they were implementing this thing called Lean. It's the continuous improvement model that Toyota came up with. Mm-hmm. And their, their number one tenant for leaders was just to go and see. Like, like that sounds so simple, but if you want to improve something, if there's an issue with the line, the, the, the process, anything, Genshi Genbutsu, go and see. And once you do, you stand there with the people doing the work on the front line and you figure out the answer to the problem. You're, you're, if you're doing that constantly across all your processes every single day, how are you not going to get one, two, three percent better every single day? If you are sitting behind your computer and you're not actually picking up the phone and you're just scrolling through social media and you are just assuming that money's coming in, you're not going to be a good fundraiser. If you go out and do and you look at where uh, your impact is and what stories you're having on the front line, you are going to be able to relate to this exponentially. This leads us to benchmarks and in what you term as impact measurements. Um, this is one of the things that your board of directors and your executive directors are going to look for, but now this is scary. Derek, this is frightening, and I don't know where to start because I don't want to put too like, – we know how successful we are. We're going to be expected to be even more successful, and that scares the hell out of me. Walk me through measurements so that I'm not frightened of this whole third step in this process as part of the Nonprofit Leadership Academy, please. You're so right. It can be so scary. It absolutely can. I mean, that's, and, and I think a lot of nonprofit leaders think measurements and they think numbers, Yeah. but really that's, that's where I want to really let nonprofit leaders off the hook a little bit, or, or maybe just make it about something else is measurements is not about being a numbers geek. Measurements is about having the right conversations about what matters. So there's, there's three things I recommend that helps nonprofit leaders do exactly that. The first is key performance indicators. And here we go again, right? We're talking about numbers. We're talking about Excel spreadsheets. Oh my gosh, this is too much. Hopefully this is going to be great news to your listeners is when we talk about key performance indicators or KPIs, you're actually not expanding or trying to measure more. You're trying to measure less. You're trying to get down to the five to seven things that your people can measure in real time about what they do to move the needle that you can constantly measure and improve again and again. It's, it's getting down to those five to seven things that matter most and just measuring them and having your, your folks, if you've got a staff, measure them. Uh, so that's, that's it. That's the first thing is key performance indicators. Second is visual management. This, this is as easy as it gets. You just put a, whiteboard up that has like a magnetic whiteboard wherever everyone is passing all the time and you get those five to seven things up there and you start tracking them you start writing them down mm-hmm. um okay why a whiteboard why not a a website or a, a tool or something you can move to that eventually but start rough and ready start just completely bare bones so that you can change it you can get it exactly how you want it 
then maybe you move to an app, then maybe you move to a tool. But one of the key tenets of Lean is keep it rough and changeable until you get to the point where it's working and then technologize it. That, to technologize, did you like that? Like, is that? I, I feel like we make up words all the time on this podcast. Okay, okay. And so this is another one we're going to add to the repertoire. And then just to, just to reiterate your point about, <laughs> about that is, is a lot of nonprofits um, let perfection get in the way of progress. They, I don't have this uh, one sheet ready for our, our, our organization to have a conversation with a donor. I don't have all the answers. It's okay, right? You're just building up rapport. And if you don't have all the answers and you have to go back to a donor or a funder or a supporter and then go, hey, I don't know anything about that, but let me get back to you. That's another touch point. You're learning on the fly. Like this is just something we re- repeat over and over again. And so having those rough and ready, as you put it, um, uh, pieces to these, to these systems and these measurements is exactly the way to go. Not letting you have everything ready to roll before you go because yes. you'll never be ready. You'll, you'll 100%, this is going to prevent you from going out the door because you're never going to feel ready until that's you it. are. And that's you out in the field doing something. That's right. That's right. Just get started. And, and everybody is one trip away from Staples or Home Office Depot or whatever, Walmart, to get this whiteboard and just start today. So that's number two. The third thing is performance dialogues. I mean, it, if nonprofit leaders did only those first two and established what, what matters and started putting it up on the wall, things would start to get better. But if you add this third thing about talking about it, in a non-judgmental, we're all in this together, arm around the shoulder, we can improve this together kind of way, man, it, these nonprofits will be absolutely dangerous. And you might ask, what is a performance dialogue? There are some, some that occur all the time. You know, one would just be a very simple start of day or start of shift stand-up meeting where you're just standing in front of the whiteboard together to start the day to say, all right, guys. What's, uh, what's, the, what's the day look like? Quick, five, 10 minutes. Um, but everyone's looking at what matters most right there on the whiteboard and is able to talk about what do we do today to move the needle. Another would be a, a weekly all team or all staff meeting. Um, I'm sure there's lots of nonprofit listeners listening that have, let's be generous, a less than constructive weekly staff meeting, maybe. Very um, generous. That's a very <laughs> generous phrase. Very. So, so yeah, having, having that weekly staff meeting be about problem solving one, maybe two, maybe two things, but one main thing as a group that could use some problem solving from you know what's, what's going well or what's not going so well on that whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And then informal, informal coaching one-on-one, uh, people talking with their volunteers, with their staff, um, that can benefit from visual management as well. Something I've done in the past is what's called a top three card, which is just a a little card that people keep in their wallet or on their person, just in their pocket that has, these are the top three things I'm going to focus on this week. And that becomes the coaching rally point for uh, a manager in their direct report or you as the executive director and your volunteers, top three. These are the top three things I'm going to work on. And then you get back together, you talk about them, easy enough. So th- this is the kind of thing we cover in impact measurements. It's not about numbers as much as it is about really fundamentally changing the way you continuously improve through conversations. If you haven't gotten a whole heck of a lot of uh, motivation out of this alone, 
you are either you either you're perfect or you're a perfect fundraiser, and I don't know why you're listening to this podcast in the first place, um, or you um, you don't exist as a person because this is just such great info uh, for your own brain to just kind of just let it go. You're gonna be okay. There are steps and processes that are not scary. There are measurements that are going to be beyond that fiscal number that your board has given you that's unrealistic in the first place to make you and help you feel like you're moving the needle forward down the line. Again, this is, this is so complementary to everything we talk about on the podcast, which is building this process over and over and over again. I just want to make sure that you understand that this is going to be A-OK. And the best way to be A-OK it's probably to join the Nonprofit Leadership Academy. How in the hell do we do this, Derek? If we're, if we're if we've already bought in, we're sold, this is complimentary to everything we talk about and, and want to be, how on earth do we get access to all of this great information? Well, yeah, if this conversation is any indicator, it's, it's I'm, I'm a, less of a uh, kind of a, a, a standard guy. So I, I'm not going to give you the website. I'm actually going to give you instead my Instagram because what I'd love to do is talk with your listeners that are interested in this. And there's a link right there on our Instagram at Sparrow Solutions, at Sparrow Solutions. There's a link right there to take a free masterclass that gets you more acquainted with some of the things we've talked about here. And then if uh, if the Nonprofit Leader Academy is of interest, there's definitely a way to move forward from there. But yeah, please visit us at Sparrow Solutions on our Instagram. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll link everything. We'll probably link to your website too, just because we're going to do that anyway in the show notes. Um, but I have, uh, and, and I, I, I personally walked through uh, not only the course, uh, but the masterclass and, and have had conversations with Derek um, behind the scenes, even before this podcast. And it's so on par with what we talk about with the five-day fundraising framework. It is so on par with what our mission is to serve small and medium-sized nonprofits, to get them to understand that this is not com- overly complicated. This is not um, ivory tower, East Coast um, big books using big words to explain things that are uncomplicated or overly complicated that you're never going to introduce. These are tangible things that you can do to move the needle forward. And they're so complementary to what we do either at Do Good Better Consulting or the Do Gooders, like the Do Good Better Podcast. Like, this is so good. I just want you to go and do it right now. And if you take the masterclass and you don't like it, that's fine. I just, it's totally great. But you need to understand some of these real high level things that you can go and do right away. I highly recommend it. It's just really good stuff. Derek, you have been a great guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm hoping everybody clicks there away. Um, and we'll probably do this again soon because I think there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can dive into. And we didn't even talk about nerdy video games. So we'll save that for another podcast anyway. We'll see you back there as well. Derek, thank you so much uh, for being a uh, for being a guest. Sparrow Solutions, go check it out uh, on uh, Instagram first. And then go click to their website right away and, and go like everything they do on social media. It's great. Thanks for Patrick, being here. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much, my friend. And honestly, it's, it, it, it's great to be a part of a movement of nonprofit leaders and leadership that is, is really trying to change the game. So um, I see you as a brother in this cause. And thank you so, so much for the time to be on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks, Derek. I appreciate it. Uh, again, thanks so much for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. Documenting donor information is the most important thing you can do as a fundraiser, as a nonprofit organization. And hey, if you don't know where to start and try to figure out where and what system to get, go to DonorDoc.com. DonorDoc is the CRM system 
the donor database system. It has wonderful reporting. It has easy-to-use dashboards. Frankly, it's the greatest thing that you will have at your disposal as a fundraising organization. Go to DonorDoc.com. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.